Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. Uh, wrapping up here with Logan Paulson. I am Craig Hoffman. All right, a few more quick fact or fictions. Logan, we just talked about, you know, elevating uh, different pieces of an offense um, as, a, as a coach. And I think we, by the way, there's probably a whole other segment we could do on the defensive side, like uh, your old head coach, Dan Quinn, what he's done in Dallas yeah. with Micah Parsons. Like, oh, we got this guy who's not good enough to play off-ball linebacker. Oh, it's just he seems to be awesome Russian. What if we yeah. put him there full time? Right. Oh, we have the best defense in football. That's cool. <laughs> um, so like there's there's that element. But uh I, I think something that's interesting that has certainly been a topic of conversation here in Washington is the offensive line play. And people, sure. you know, fans are like, This is the worst offensive line I've ever seen. And we're sitting here trying to tell people it's actually about league average. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But could it be closer to both than we'd want to admit? Um, Albert Breer, Sports Illustrated, of course, the the Monday morning quarterback. tweeted something out yesterday that was basically like, I think we're seeing it today um, and with the offensive line play on Sunday and and it's something I've thought for a while. I think offensive line play is down around the entire NFL and Breer's reasoning is rooted in the CBA um, where you don't have a chance to practice with contact in the way that you used to. Um, I saw one of uh, uh, Doc Flynn, uh, who's one of the, the kind of Twitter doctors. She's worked in NFL circles before. Uh, respond to Breer saying, like, if you want more evidence, about a third of the NFL starting quarterbacks are out right now due to injury, which tells mm-hmm. you they're not being protected very well. Um, so when you watch offensive line play around the league, like, do you think it's down compared to 10 years ago uh, when you were playing under the old CBA? I mean, yeah, I, probably. But I also think it's more complicated than that. Like, I'm, I'm a big believer. Yeah, new CBA, like, it's tough, man. It's tough to just find reps because it's it's different than – receivers or defensive linemen where you're kind of working patterns and you're in this very aggressive attacking posture it's like i need to work combinations i need to get a feel for how this guy is going to take his steps and what i can get away with from a double team standpoint in pass protection how quickly is he going to be able to get back out to me all those things are things that are working as kind of a living breathing organism as opposed to receivers who i can get cones out you know you're a coach you can put cones out and we can do reactive drills and we can throw the ball and we can talk about coverages and we can get a couple guys from the local high school out there to stand in spots and i can find the zones and it's just there's a there's a martial art element to offensive line play and i just look at i think just don't look any farther than good off good martial artists they practice a lot they hit each other a lot. They wrestle a lot. They do their judo. They do their jujitsu. Like it's a constant process. And here, by eliminating the CBA, it's become it's become way more um, 
challenging to develop that skill set. And this is the second part of my answer that I think is so important is now, like back when I first started playing, people didn't rush the passer the way they rush the passer now. Like it's, it's a skill set that has been developed and cultivated. Like you watch these pass rushing coaches, you watch what the Boses do, the Miles Garretts do, and then you watch what the backups do. And they are so dialed in. Like back when I was playing, like you, you'd be lucky if you saw a spin move. Like everyone was freaking out about Dwight Freeney's spin move. Right. And, he, and that was an amazing move. Right. And he was yeah. an amazing pass rusher. Got him you to know, the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame type guy. Right. He's like, he's a fantastic football player. But the reason people were talking about it was because it was a little bit of an outlier. Now everybody's got this wide array of moves and counter moves and, and you're throwing the ball more than you've ever thrown it before. So you're exposing these guys to the most, everyone says DB is the most challenging position to play. And I, and I think that's probably true in football outside of quarterback, but offensive line on third and 10, when it's an obvious passing situation, there's, it's hard for me to believe that there's any harder situation than that in football. Like there, like there's really just, it's so challenging. And then all the good athletes end up playing defensive line. So you're getting kind of just this, this clash of cultures and like these big, burly, slower twitch guys that are good athletes in their own right, but much more eccentrically driven in terms of force absorption, as opposed to these defensive ends that are like, could play receiver for some teams. So I think that's another dichotomy that needs to be explored too, is they, the evolution of pass rushers is so much greater. The evolution of defensive football is so much greater. Like we would block a four down front and it would, they would just line up in their positions and we would block them. And now you watch Dallas is a great example and they're stunting like every single play. And that is extremely challenging, especially with the limited reps and opportunities. So I think, yes, the off season is a huge factor. No doubt about it. That, that limited kind of exposure is very, very challenging. But I also think that defensive play, especially in the front has gotten way more complicated and way more, um, and the athletes have gotten way better. And I think that's something people want to kind of ignore because of the CBA, because there's like this obvious correlation. And I also think college football too. I know I'm kind of rambling, but college football, they, everyone's running the spread. No one runs yeah. pro style offenses. You don't have to develop that skill set. So you're getting a bunch of guys that are physically very talented, but are not sharpened in the way that guys used to be sharpened coming out of college. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I would be super curious to go like by conference. Um, and it feels like the Big Ten has a great reputation for alignment. And I feel yeah. like there, for a long time, were more pro style offenses in the Big Ten. Um, yeah. And so, you know, for that, for sure, um, you know, our producer William just put up a great point. Like Iowa for years has yeah. been the place for offensive line play, um, which is also hilarious now because Iowa's offense is like, Terrible. literally a, a joke it's a meme of how bad it is well like wisconsin um, too wisconsin yeah. michigan like ohio state like think about ohio state they had two guys go in the first round last year and the center got dry i mean like they or he didn't go in the first they had two first round talents one went in the uh -huh. fourth the center went in the fifth like there's a reason you go to those places for offensive line play right and so how you know there's some great defensive linemen out of that conference as well so you get some of the the iron sharpening uh iron as well 
that happens. But, you know, I, I think overall you make a bunch of great points. The, the speed element of training, I think is really important for something this technical. And it's one thing to like practice it slow in a walkthrough with other offensive linemen acting as your defensive lineman. Cause you have, you have time to do that all day with the current CBA. 100%. And that's um, important. As, that's important. Yeah. No doubt. That stuff is super important, but do you then ever get the full speed reps? And mm-hmm. it's just really hard to get them. Um, and often like, you know, uh, if an OC, for instance, here, like obviously Eric does a lot of stuff with the practices in terms of the script that was that was a responsibility that was given to him. I, something that I've kind of wondered about the the drop off in the commander's defense this year is like how much of the lack of practice of certain things, whether it's running the football or hey, we need this to happen offensively because we're trying to install this new offense. Does the defense not go full bore um, or not stunt or not this, and then the offensive line doesn't get the practice at it? And then all of a sudden they get in the game and it's like, all right, let's run that thing that we installed and the front does something totally different and they're not prepared for it. So I think that's that's a huge element. I think the college football point is great. Um, and then, yeah, that that kind of turn up of defensive line skill is fascinating. Is there, is there a counter offensively, like other than trying to get better athletes to play the O-line? Because I guess there's only so many ways you can block and so many techniques. It's not like there's going to be an anti-spin move block that gets developed by some freakish offensive tackle that everybody follows in 10 years. Well, that's where I think scheme is so important. And I think when you look around the league right now, like San Fran, Miami, Houston, not great, not really talented offensive lines. And I think in Miami's case, kind of a bad group, but you don't know about it because that, I think understanding what's challenging, like I think even Dan Quinn, when he in, uh, in Dallas, like, you know, we just talked about what are the most challenging things to do in football, like cover and pass block. So let's let's limit those coverage opportunities in Dallas with an amazing pass rush, and let's limit those pass those those pure drop back pass protections uh, reps by running a lot of play action, a lot of RPO, a lot of zone read, and let's make it so we're only doing that five to ten times in a game because you can win five to ten times, especially if the defensive line doesn't know. Like I do my reports for some guys every week, and when we come to Miami every single week, it's like. I don't have a good tell for you about anything they're going to do. And that makes it extremely challenging to rush the passer. Tua understands that too. He gets the ball out faster than anybody in the league. That's again, they've built, they've built everything in, in there to insulate that group. They've got fast receivers. They've got explosive playmakers. They can run these little screens and bubbles. Ball can get out quick because that's challenging. And you would never know that that's bad offensive line play. You would never know unless you went and like poured through the metrics. Like I do every single week, like, because it's not a storyline in the NFL. Same thing with San Fran. Their offensive line outside of Trent Williams is playing worse than it's played in like the last five or six years. But you don't know about it because their offense is crazy productive because Kyle does a good job of knowing the hardest thing, the lim- the rate limiter for the offense is the offensive line. And so if you look at Philly, they run a ton of drop back. They've got the best offensive line in football. They can get away with that. But it's right. hard to find five studs. Like think about it. Like Lane Johnson, when Nick Bosa plays Lane Johnson, like – it doesn't matter. Lane Johnson's a race or Nick Bosa's a race from the game because he's this that good athletically. But it's hard to find five guys like that. And I think that's one of the beauties of what McDaniels did in Miami. And to give him some credit, he said, it's hard to find five big athletic studs to play offensive line. But you know what we can do? We can find a couple really fast wide receivers and speak to our quarterback getting the ball out of his hand quickly. And then no one talks about our offensive line anymore. And I think right. that's that's where I think offensive minds just in general in the NFL need to bring more awareness is like, that's the hardest thing in this offense running back. Nah, you can find running backs, receivers, hard to find five big studs. And I think, um, Philly's about as close as you're going to get in the NFL right now, 
Detroit yeah. maybe also. I think that's something else we got to call attention to. Detroit's offensive line at the moment is very, very good because they've invested. They've hit on picks. They've developed guys. But um, it's, to your point, it's the type of athlete on the offensive line that leads to offensive line production. You know, does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you get a Panay Sewell out there, you get no, a Trent yeah. Williams and it totally changes. Like that's the thing too. If you can get one stud, it changes everything else you do right. because if you can rely, rely on one person to win one-on-one, how you devote the other four plus Correct. your backs and tight ends, the, the, the numbers change dramatically. Correct. Uh, all right. That is our show for today. Now, Logan just talked about doing reports and he sounds very smart because he is very smart. But could he be an NFL coach? Uh, just like tomorrow, step into it. That's going to be take five tomorrow. Uh, we'll see you then for that. And then uh, we should have a guest on Thursday. Pretty pumped for this. Uh, we haven't 100% locked it in, but we're hoping to be talking NFL draft on Thursday as well as previewing the Rams. So we'll see you then. Uh, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of it here on Take Command.